1: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here on a Wednesday. I, I did think that we were going to have some reports back from players as uh, technically, I guess, training camp started today. I hinted at this yesterday, but uh, I guess the Bucks have postponed media availability for a couple of days here, and we can probably touch on this in a little bit why uh, Giannis, in a Greek interview, may have hinted. Uh, as to why there was no on-court stuff or no media stuff today. But we'll get to that in just a second. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked On, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Before I bring in today's guest, I do want to give a shout-out to a, a good friend of mine, Matt Velasquez, a, very, a name that everyone will be familiar with. Uh, he announced today that he is finishing up on the Bucks beat with the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I think overall he's been there for about seven and a half years. I know he was on the Marquette beat first and then obviously with the Bucks for a number of years now. But um, honestly, I, I know someone that i worked next to, but a great friend of mine uh, coming over to America and trying to dive into the media stuff with the NBA is pretty damn daunting, to be honest with you guys. And walking into a locker room and trying to figure out where you're supposed to be and how the whole the whole show operates is tough and there's not a lot of people out there that give you help or are willing to give you advice and tell you what to do but matt was always one of those guys a hundred percent of the time that went out of his way to make sure that i was okay that i knew what i was doing i knew where i was supposed to be um honestly just a a great bloke and i'm going to get him on the show at some point because we have a number of just ridiculous stories that i will never forget including one night in particular in phoenix uh, that I, I think we should talk about that story at some point. So I'm going to get Matt on. But I just want to shout out to him. He's done a great job covering the Bucks, and I'm sure whatever is next for him, he will be uh, fantastic at that as well. But today's guest, it might not surprise anyone that is a part of Bucks Twitter. Milwaukee, after a long, drawn-out process of teasing a jersey that we all knew what color it was going to be, finally today revealed the blue jersey this man i i don't even know i've got to ask him i don't even know what he wants to be called david dunn elijah price i don't know he's got he's got many names that you could possibly call him but i'm sure everyone is familiar with him what's going on man welcome to the show I, i was surprised you said before this is your first time on the pod
0: yeah, yeah. Um, Kane, I didn't know how dreamy you were um, until I got to see you on a on a Zoom call. I, I can't I can't believe I'm talking with uh, Kane Pittman, star of The Ringer and international man of mystery. Um, I, I'm sure I'll screw up the podcast, but th- thank you very much for for having me. Um, I wish there was better news, uh, but yeah, yeah. What, what do you want to talk about?
1: Well, I figured we should start with the Giannis stuff. So, And I don't really know what to make of this, but a lot of Bucks fans by now would have seen that Giannis did some kind of interview with a Greek TV channel, I believe it was. And I think sometimes these interviews that he does when he's home or when he's here with Greek media, sometimes are a little bit difficult to to, uh, translate because, I mean, this might not surprise anyone, but I do not speak Greek and I cannot read Greek. So we are relying on uh, some Google Translate stuff here or whatever it may be. Uh, The quote that got everyone going to start was Giannis basically saying, I'm fine with not being the number one guy. If LeBron or AD want to come to Milwaukee and play with me, then I would be totally fine with that. Uh, I think that that is is obviously a very strange thing to say. I mean, that's obviously not going to happen. I think we all feel very comfortable with that. But Giannis talking about Milwaukee, talking about guys that he would want to play with, I think you could take this either way. I don't know how you took this, the
0: preponderance of evidence for a year for many years for just is that Giannis is going to re-sign. Of course, there's all these things we could talk about about would he maybe re-sign for two years, or there's all this talk about uh, you know, sort of a wink and a nod to a to a, a trade exception, which I guess doesn't really exist, but that the Bucks would, you know, quote unquote do right by him. You look, Giannis is re-signing with the Bucks. Giannis Giannis hates those guys. Like um, in a competitive kind of way, Giannis wants to destroy Le- LeBron James. He doesn't want to join him. It's been pretty obvious from the beginning. Now, it'll be interesting a few years down the road if he kind of grows out of that. But, yeah, I, I, all, I, I, I assume all of these quotes and the interviews that you see, all of this stuff with his brothers, it's done with the twinkle in his eye. Um, I think it was uh, – was that his agent or was it his, his associate who kind of had the kind of weird – quote a, a couple of weeks ago like th- there's all these kind of quotes where people say well maybe I, I don't know maybe you know possibly like look, look dude, Giannis is going to resign this has been locked in for a long time I don't care what the Lazarus do to screw this up like Giannis is locked in
1: I think you know those that listen to this show daily and listen to Frank and listen to myself and everyone else that's on the show has certainly got that sense as well and a big part of why I felt that way has been due to partly what you just suggested. I think that in many respects, whether you want to call it stubbornness or competitiveness or however you want to call it, he can say whatever he wants, but I don't necessarily believe that he doesn't want to be the number one guy. I think he does. And I think that he takes a lot of pride in the fact that he's in Milwaukee and he's built this to where it is now. And this is his thing. And if he goes elsewhere, that's going to change dramatically. So I do tend to agree with you there.
0: Kobe Bryant and his lone wolf narrative, uh, even before, you know, uh, obviously his untimely passing, like Giannis eats up all that kind of stuff. I, I, he, he's Mr. Bootstraps. I mean, that's just where he is as a young man right now. He wants to do it by himself. I'm sure they were disappointed the last two postseasons, but Giannis, call it ego, call it whatever else, he's got a, a young man's passion to to make his own way. And what has been encouraging is the idea uh, that he was finally starting to recruit guys a little bit, or there was kind of this idea there was the report also in something I read on uh, real GM through translator. So I'm not really sure about the translation that, that Oladipo was training with them in Greece. And there was kind of that report. Um, Obviously we know all the stuff about bogey, but yeah, he wants to build his own squad. It would certainly seem, but, but, you know, he doesn't want to join those guys. He wants, he wants to control his own narrative. I think that's pretty clear right now. I think another reason why I take these types of interviews with uh, a big
1: grain of salt is quotes like the one where he suggested that he doesn't necessarily tell the Bucks who should be traded or who should leave, but he is involved in the conversations. Now, I understand that right now everyone is really desperate for any type of Giannis news, and any type of Giannis quote is going to be analyzed uh, to every single degree possible. But as you suggested right at the start, this isn't the time that you would be leaking stuff out into the media and speaking honestly. You just wouldn't. And we know Giannis is one of the most private superstars in a league, which is exactly the reason why. No one has actually had a clue what he is going to do. And you hear all these insiders say, well, we think that he's going to sign it, and we all feel that he's going to sign it. And the the feeling I've got from the Bucs is that they're very confident as well. But no one actually knows because Giannis doesn't talk. So when Giannis said... They The Bucs talk to me about guys that we're trying to acquire, but I never say trade this guy out uh, because I don't want to mess with someone's livelihood. There's there's certainly a part of me that would absolutely believe that I don't think that he's the type of guy that someone like Bledsoe, for instance, he's very close to. I'm not sure whether he would go to management and say, get rid of him. He might say, we want this player, and then you can draw between the lines and figure out what you need to do. I think that that's certainly likely. But at the same time, he's not going to come out to the media and say, oh, yeah, I, I said... let's say three playoff series in a row get rid of that guy I don't want him around anymore so again I I just think with these interviews you can you can dive into it as much as you want it's probably not what we typically do on this show because I think we know a little bit better by now
0: yeah well I mean and and the vacuum of that is Jackie McMullen all but report I mean everybody's hinting at it you know um, everybody's saying look I've heard strong indications or all these kind of Uh, phrases with a little bit of wiggle room hey there's strong indications and then we got this thing where the Bucs you know uh, is this a setback in the Bucs strong belief that he'll sign the Bucs had a strong belief that he'll sign and then that was watered down but all you need to know is Kendrick Perkins and all the kind of clutch guys and all the ESPN guys have somewhat moved on from this story and now it's left to whatever that lady is who's the Heat fan on Twitter. It's like now random fans stirring it up. Uh, you, you know what I mean? It's not like Max Kellerman and Stephen A. Smith pushing this really anymore. I think people kind of know. Look, look I'm still worried about it. But it, I have thought for two years he was at least going to sign this one big contract and after that, you know, up for grabs. Yeah, I think that there's a healthy
1: level of anxiety with Bucks fans and I think that's uh, absolutely reasonable. The one thing that he did note in the story, which relates back to training camp as well, he said the first few days of training camp is mostly going to be meeting with medical staff and and everyone coming back off a shortened off-season for a lot of these guys, figuring out where their bodies are at. It's going to be so fascinating to see how this season starts because they're not going to have the usual preparation that they have and particularly for the Bucs. I mean, they've got a lot of key rotation players they're not going to know each other very well. And they don't have a lot of time here to figure it out. Now, I don't necessarily think that that matters when you have a guy like Giannis anyway. It's not going to matter. You're going to be able to win a bunch of these games. But he did say, I'm going to take care of the basketball stuff first, get myself back sorted in Milwaukee, and then we'll deal with the contract stuff. So, uh, listen, none of us have been, or certainly I haven't been put off by the fact that we haven't heard anything yet. I always thought this was going to be something that was going to push out. You may just find yourself having to wait a little bit closer to that deadline on the 21st though. But again, uh, no news is not necessarily bad news. And uh, I've been saying that for quite a while,
0: but then he wasn't on the Jersey reveal, which made me a little <laughs> bit nervous, <laughs> a little bit nervous. And like, they were like, no, we'll, we'll put the, the Chris Middleton yeah. back in, you know, and do do that kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I, if it wasn't not to jump, jump ahead, but if it wasn't for all these drone shots of Lake Michigan, you know, I, I was like, Oh, okay. Cause, cause a week ago, 10 days ago, it was um around the Bogdanovich time that it all fell apart. We were like, Oh, great. I know exactly what they're doing. They're, they're, and the second teaser, I'm like, yep, they're teasing this thing. We got it. Uh, it makes sense. Giannis is going to come back, you know, the time window. Cause isn't is media day Thursday or media Day is this week.
1: Yeah, it's going to be media week. It's going to be Thursday right oh. through the weekend, which sucks for the media contingent over here in Australia. I'm here to tell you.
0: Oh, really? Well, you gotta <laughs> you gotta make your way. You just 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 buy a first class ticket, dude. What are you doing? No, no, I know. I got to get back. You're absolutely. Oh right. wait, are you are you locked now? I didn't even think about that. Are you locked? Are are you? No, no, we're we're good. We're good.
1: Um, we had a pretty serious lockdown for a few months. Um, we weren't really like able to leave the house at all. I mean, there was fines and all sorts of stuff going on, but um it did the job we're basically uh, again every time i bring this up i feel a little bit guilty saying this but no we're we're cruising over here everything's good everything's basically basically normal and and no concerns which is we're very fortunate
0: yeah Yeah, you just need to get yourself an anchor wife real quick and uh make your way to the states and you can cover this (laughs) stuff proper like man what are you doing
1: uh, I've been slack on that. It's been something I've, I've needed to get on for a while. Uh, let me tell you about Built Bar first here. Now, uh, listen, anyone that listens to this podcast has heard me talk about Built Bar a million times. And I actually had some people tweet through in the last week that said, listen, I thought that this was just hot air. You, you're talking about Built Bar, but we've got the product and I'm actually very impressed. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, it's real. I, I know, I listen to other podcasts. Sometimes I'll skip through the ads. Uh, we, all, we all human, we all do that. But Bilt Bar, I'm telling you, is legit product. Uh, we know they've got 18 amazing flavors. Uh, I've read through those before, you know them. But the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber. And we've got a great deal. Go to builtbar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And you'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at builtbar.com. Coming up later in the week on Locked On Bucks, we've got to get to the mailbag. You guys have hit us up on Twitter, and you still can. At Locked On Bucks is the Twitter account, LockedOnBucks at gmail.com. You can still get your questions through. Uh, Frank is just absolutely swamped with work. I, I guess he's trying to get stuff done before Christmas, but I'll wrangle him back onto the pod at some point. Or if not, I'll just go through the questions myself or with someone else on the show. There's no problem there. So keep sending them through, and we will get to them. One more. Bit of work we have to get to here before the jerseys. Christmas Day basketball. Tentative Christmas Day basketball has just been announced. Now, uh, the Bucks uh, at this point, and, you know, I mean, uh, I guess when they say tentative, it's probably COVID-related or something like that. Uh, you should expect, this is all over the ESPN accounts and most basketball accounts, that this is probably going to go down. But uh, Warriors at Bucks. Uh, they're going to have the second game on the slate, which is a 2:30 p.m. Eastern, I think, which which would be 1:30 Central if I've got my world clock uh, correct here. But Warriors at Bucks. Any initial reactions to
0: this matchup? It's kind of a strange one. Yeah, but it's awesome because it's a mat it's a matchup in keeping with us being the two time regular season kind of paper champions. It's not like hey, you get to play the Sixers. That's that's a, you know it was we went from the Knicks to the, the Knicks, which was a straight you know, market size matchup to the Sixers in Philly, which is like, okay, you know, Giannis and B, there's some star power here, but like an intro, you know, an East versus West matchup with, you know, what I would assume is still kind of the sexy team, you know, with the return of Seth and all this kind of stuff, even without Clay, like that's a great matchup. I mean, it's not, I guess it's not Bucks Lakers, but it's not, you know, it's not Bucks Celtics or something like that which would be nice and a traditional matchup and all this kind of stuff like that it, it shows I, I think it shows Giannis curating a little bit you know kind of leveling up leveling up a little bit that, that we would get that kind of matchup so I'm, I, I don't know how many games the Warriors are going to win or if they'll be all the way back but to me this is like it just it just feels like a marquee matchup to me it, it's it's not a disrespectful matchup
1: uh, look, there's plenty, going to be plenty of intrigue there. I mean, you mentioned Steph Curry, and obviously the Bucs with Drew Holiday. Then you have Giannis and Draymond, and, and we know no Clay Thompson, but there's enough star power there that I think this is going to be a game that people will watch. And I, I think typically, even uh, you know, from my time in the States and also in Australia, I mean, I can tell you I am not watching Heat and Pelicans. It's too early for me. I am not getting up at yeah. 4 o'clock in the morning to watch Heat Pelicans. But obviously, I'll be up for the Bucs game. And it kind of felt that way a couple of years ago when the Bucs got their first Christmas Day matchup. It was the noon game. It was against the Knicks. It was fine. And it was cool for Bucks fans yeah. that the Bucs were playing on Christmas. But for everyone else, probably not that attractive. Uh, I think you're right. I, I think they are moving up in the pecking order a little bit. And probably the only shame about this is a home game where fans aren't going to be able to get there. I believe it's the first home game the Bucs have had on Christmas since 1968. So that does kind of suck.
0: Yeah. No, that makes sense. But still, I mean, it just, even that, even that on some level lends itself to not, I mean, obviously Giannis could not resign, but, and, but it just, it, it just seems like every, everyone knows kind of what's going on in this lineup, but it's, it's a really solid matchup and it's, it's, it's not a, I don't know what the Bucks' composition will actually look like, but it's also not. It's kind of a run up and down the court kind of matchup. It's not just kind of a grinded up kind of kind of Eastern Conference basketball. I can't wait. And I, you know, and obviously Bucks Heat. I mean, there's a lot of matchups. I mean, I'm just ready for basketball to be back clearly yeah. because any of these matchups kind of sound great. But yeah, Bucks Warriors. Yeah, it's and the Bucks. Um. Well before the real ascendancy of the Bucks, the Bucks had these great matchups against the Warriors. I mean. Even after the twenty-four and one game, I mean, the Bucs were splitting with the Warriors. It you know was one tremendous Bledsoe game where the Bucks won in Oracle. I mean, this a little bit of a recent. I don't say rivalry, but those have been some fun games kind of a strange it's funny you bring
1: that up because it is kind of strange to think about the history of the Bucks and the Warriors over the last, you know, four uh, maybe five seasons is a stretch but Greg Monroe was a player that gave the Warriors real fits as well. Jabari yeah. Parker had some decent moments against Golden State and even some of the games that I went to far before I was living this life and I was just in Milwaukee as a fan, some of those games that they played at the Bradley Center were really really entertaining battles as well it's kind of strange to think as dominant as the Warriors have been through that stretch the Bucks always for some reason seemed to be a team that uh, that gave them some trouble it's, even if they even if they lost a lot of the times they were close games
0: it's weird too now to think about it there were they were just like us I mean we there's all this talk about Sacramento obviously recently and to Sacramento their parallels but they were just before the tech money they were just like us You know, like that, the big three was kind of like their run TMC kind of era. I mean, they, um, you know, Oakland kind of being a little bit more the wrong side of the tracks versus San Francisco is kind of like Milwaukee versus Chicago. They they were, they were. Look, there were no Golden State Warriors fans except for the people who lived at those great loud fans that were there. They were all Lakers fans. That's kind of always the joke: the Lakers fans, you know, took a a four-year sabbatical and became Warriors fans and went back. But they, there were all these comparisons, kind even going back to how the Warriors. Uh, at the start of the Steph Curry era had those terrible, you know, shiny blue jerseys that they're bringing back this year. Like there were all these kind of parallels between us and the Warriors, Don Nelson. And, um, and then they just became this kind of Uber team in the last five years. But yeah, there, there were, um, I'll, I'll definitely be watching that on. Let's
1: talk about this blue Jersey. Now this is your realm. Okay, just for the listeners, um, <laughs> head has gone into hands here, um, which tells me a little bit. And let me just say that I am not someone that gets over overly emotional about jerseys. I don't get too fired up about the releases. Um, I'll typically tweet something out and then quickly realize how angry people are or how pissed off people are about certain releases. And I've kind of been sitting back over the last week, and you touched on it the social media promo. Um, For this jersey and it was really drawn out and there was all those videos of lake michigan and I don't know Whatever else they were doing they had the light color reveal even though everyone knew it was going to be blue as well So it was honestly for me as someone that I knew I wasn't going to get that emotional about it I was kind of just enjoying what felt like an elongated troll job of everyone And because I was enjoying looking through the comments and seeing how furious everyone was But I also felt a little bit bad because I knew that this anger and anxiety was around Yana not necessarily the jersey so
0: I I was kind of torn myself
1: but how has this experience been for you
0: yeah that I'm glad you mentioned that because I I I don't think I was going to mention that part that yeah playing with Giannis is like playing with our emotions at this point. Now, like they, at at a certain level the bucks have to read the room. I understand they had this great reveal and and I gave them again, I gave them plenty of rope. I was like, "Here we go. This is this is going to be great. He's going to come back. They're going to have they're going to have him in the studio. They're going to flash the white lights. He's going to come out with the jersey. They're going to do this." And um, you know, it, you know, do the cl- Clark Kent kind of take off the shirt and it's going to be great. Like I'm going to hate the I knew I was going to hate the jersey because the Milwaukee Bucks should not be wearing blue. But but it was like, "Okay, great. No problem." Um, let me say this off the top. Uh, like i'm i'm a uniform fan like i'm a uniform and branding enthusiast i'm not an expert right so a lot of things that a lot of people get worked up about like as far as the symmetry of certain designs i mean i think we saw this with the brewers kind of glove ball logo where people were like well yeah this new version is more symmetrical like i, I don't care about any of any of that stuff i know a lot of people do a lot of people who are way more talented uh have all kinds of opinions on, on negative space and all this kind of stuff like that. That's, that's, I, I'm, j- I'm just a guy who likes uniforms. So let's say that off the bat. Secondly, look, I, I love the Bucks, man. I like, I love the Bucks. I don't want to come on. I don't, didn't want to come on here and rip the Bucks or anything <laughs> like that. I, I love, like, I love the Milwaukee Bucks. The Milwaukee Bucks, you know, basically they've been very, very good to me. Right. So with all, all those kind of caveats out of the way. And by the way, like I'm not going to be especially articulate about this, but if you, um, if you go on YouTube and search Daytona World and search Milwaukee Books, um, uniforms, the theory of everything, start with volume one, um, that's basically an articulation of kind of all my general thoughts about that. With that being said, you're an Oakland A's fan, right? What are, Oakland, what, what are the Oakland A's supposed to look like, Kane? What are they supposed to
1: look like? Um, well, I, let me just say this. I I don't know what the answer is you're looking for, but classic, everyone knows what the Oakland A's look (laughs) like, right? They know what the colors are. I I love, so I don't know how you feel. I haven't actually asked you this, but the Cali green uniforms that they wear on Friday, typically they've been wearing them on Friday nights, but it's kind of that lighter green white pants, white shoes. It's just classic. Just, just beautiful to me.
0: Yes. Um, I like that too. I like that too. I probably like a little bit more of the muted green to me but mm-hmm. I, and I, I don't even know why I noticed that, but I didn't notice that to me. It seemed like they wore that a lot last year yeah um, but the point is you know what they 're supposed to look like, and the problem with the Milwaukee bucks is no one, no one, no one knows what the Milwaukee bucks are supposed to look like if you talk to a random person on the street that has any kind of understanding of sports at all, like very casual sports fan in a bar or anything else, or your grandmom, your grandmom should know what the sports teams in your state look like just through osmosis, just through, you know, going through the department store or whatever else It, it should be obvious. And so like, and a lot of, I think a lot of people, make the mistake of saying, well, that's just the great teams. Yeah, of course, everybody knows what the Cowboys or the Steelers or the Packers or the Yankees or the Raiders are supposed to look like. But no, really, just about every, every team in sports, you should be able to say, okay, Detroit Lions, um, blue and silver, you know, and, and white, you know, the, the Browns, the, the Trailblazers, Notre Dame. You should be able to rattle off. You're like, oh, they look like this, right? And so that's problem number one. Problem number one is nobody knows what the Bucks are supposed to look like because the Bucks have – way too many colors. The Bucks have way too many colors and the Bucks' colors don't especially complement each other. And so, you know, for the Bucks to come out with the blue jersey, I understand kind of all the branding, I kind of ideas around, well, it's like Michigan, you know, it's supposed to represent, you know, our lakes and rivers, or we're doing this, or there's kind of all this kind of corporate speak uh, surrounding it. The fact of the matter is the color blue is along with red are the most popular colors in sports. And depending on how you want to count it, like 70% of uniforms are like blue or red or red and blue. Like blue is a lead dog color, right? Which is why the Bucks have had such a difficult time incorporating blue with their set. Like the blue is basically like an Easter egg. It's that little block by the mm-hmm. armpit in the white jersey and the green jersey, right? Which is superfluous and, and you know, I don't like it, but whatever. Like it's, it's not really just an accent color, right? And so the Bucks currently right now white and black and cream and green and blue and an orange patch. And when they did the Mecca thing, it was also red and yellow. And I understand that like some of these are city jerseys and they're supposed to be kind of these creative one-offs, but again, to have a good brand, whether it's, you know, Coca-Cola or Harley Davidson or just any, you have to have like a visual identifier, a signifier for what your team is supposed to look like. And that doesn't, that, that, Is just in the world that's I don't care whether that's superheroes I don't care if that's the military I don't care if that's a UPS driver, you know what the UPS driver looks like, because the UPS driver wears brown all the time as crazy as that is right. And so but the other point that I wanted to make is the Bucks colors don't play well together because even if you notice with our blue jersey today the 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 numbers are white. The numbers aren't the cream because the bucks have a difficult time integrating the green and the blue and the cream with all these different colors. So what you end up having is a cream city jersey, this cream, which actually kind of a, I thought an attractive base. And then you get like a little pinstripe of green and, and a little pinstripe of blue. But when they did the all-black jerseys, then you can have them all in a bunch of stripes and it looks kind of like an argyle, argyle sweater and it doesn't exactly kind of work, right? So what the Bucks did, they have some jerseys that are green dominant. They have now a jersey that's blue dominant. Uh, they've tried to mix in the cream the best they can. The cream also doesn't really look well next to white. So that's that's problem number two. The Bucks colors really don't work that well together. Problem number three, and I touched on this a, a little bit before, the Bucks like the ownership group came in and look, they've done a lot of good things. They got Fiserv built. Um, they've made some mistakes. They've done a lot of things. Well, right. We can agree on that. Milwaukee is the brew city. Milwaukee and pop- popular culture is the brew city. This goes back to Laverne and surely it goes back to slitch being, you know, the, the beer that made Milwaukee famous. It goes back to in basketball, the team being the Milwaukee beers, They're the brew city. Like people don't really say brew city either, but so now Apparently we've abandoned Cream City and now it's the gathering place. And now it's going to be all about the gathering place. It's going to be like the good land because of course everybody's seen Wayne's World, right? And so we can remember that it's the good land. There's too much stuff going on. The bucks are trying too hard. We're throwing, I mean, it, it goes back to like, you know, the keg or the brew three or, you know, let it fly. We got all these slogans, but design has to lead the slogans. Like it doesn't really work the other way around. Now, with all that being said, I guess point four would be that the designs just aren't really great. And um, going back to baseball, I'm actually a fan of kind of the baseball style word marks in basketball, the 1974 books that has that kind of that flourish with the Milwaukee kind of with that flourished. It looks like the Brewers. It also looks like, you know, I mean, if you think of like the St. Louis Cardinals with the bat kind of like a word mark has to carry a lot of water in basketball because the difference between basketball and ba- like, so baseball, they're wearing hats, football, they have helmets. And so that's a huge kind of visual signifier right off the top. But in basketball, you know, you've got the players who are basically celebrities and they can, you know, wear striking shoes to kind of set themselves apart, but the jerseys have to carry a lot, you know, a lot of the visual branding, and so I've said a lot here, but, oh, oh, oh and, and the worst thing, the worst thing, because I, as much as I hate all of this, and really, I feel like the burden of proof is with the Bucks. it's not really with me, because again, out, out of, what, 90-some teams in baseball, basketball, and football, really, uh, there's only about 10 teams that kind of don't get this, everybody else just, Kind of got it. Like the Pistons went back to red, white, and blue. You know, all these teams tried other stuff and they went right back to whatever. And I would have been fine with this if what the Bucks did as part of this rollout, again, Thursday, we have Giannis and he's basically wearing a Greek flag jersey. I wouldn't have liked it, but I would have understood, right? It's like, okay, we're now, he's, he's wearing a Greek flag. Like, I get it. Okay, now I get, well, you look, we got the Nassis and we got all this other stuff and all. Like, that. that's totally fine, right? But what we've seen, and again, of course, this is a Nike thing. This is a city jersey thing, and I'm talking a lot. But the last thing I want to say is, you know, the greater teams and the greater brands can get away with this kind of uh, inclination that's running through sports to be like, well, we're going to have this one off and it's going to honor something, right? Whether you think, you know, this is going to honor George Washington, this is going to honor Martin Luther King, this is going to honor our the peach trees that grow in our state, this is going to honor this guy, you know, That like, I understand that that's kind of the thing. A great brand can get away with that a little bit. So the Chicago Bulls can wear a city edition jersey that looks like the Chicago flag, because the Chicago Bulls are wearing the exact same shorts that they wore in their inception. Like Johnny Red Kerr was wearing the same shorts that artist Gilmore was wearing. The Michael Jordan was wearing the Jimmy Butler and Derek Rose was wearing. So there's like a through line through all of this, like the Bucks simply don't have that. Uh, because all the great right years, they were a red and green team. And then there were kind of the seventies multicolored kind of, you know, um, Kelly green line green kind of team. And as soon as the Bucks stopped winning then the Bucks had to go to the purple, and the purple's kind of a whole other thing. But I've said a lot. To answer your question, I hate the blue jerseys with the passion of a thousand suns. I don't know why they would do that. And it's just going to lead... It's just going to... I mean, so, so one bad idea leads to another bad idea, and that's kind of the, the, the other problem that we run into with this. No, I don't like the blue jerseys, Kane. But, but what do you think about them?
1: Well, I, I think they're fine <laughs> after all that. And I, and I don't have too much else to add. But I will say... That I said from the start that I, I'm this is the reason why I got you on to talk about uniforms because I know if I spoke about it, it would be a one minute segment. I'd say, I think they're fine, who cares, whatever, people will buy them, and that will be the end of it. Because I remember, you know, even when the mecha jerseys came out, and you know, the funny thing about the mecha jerseys coming out was that I actually, the jerseys that I really loved out of all the weird jerseys that they've had over the last few years was literally just the plain white jerseys that they wore with bucks, red and green, uh, mostly green lettering with red trim in the Mecca game when they actually played on the Mecca floor. So that's what I loved. I loved those jerseys so much. I, I I can't remember the last time I bought a jersey. It might honestly be like an Andrew Bogut rookie or something like that. It's been that long since I bought a jersey. But if I was going to spend my money on one, that might be it. I love that color. So I, I think that it is interesting as you point to when you look at what the Bucks have done, and they've gone from purple to red and green to cream now and to all the other things that we've seen here within the space of uh, the last 20 years. And I think it is fascinating to see uh, how the Bucks have gone about this in comparison to a team like Miami, who has had their city jersey. And whether or not you like the, the Vice jerseys, and I know they're certainly popular You know online a lot of people tend to like them in the pink and I don't know where pink sits in your color scheme But it is interesting to see that they had one design and they've now got I think five jerseys out of that one design So I am just curious where the hell the bucks go from here because if you do look at the city or icon I lose track of all the names but all the colors that they've already hit, they've literally hit every single color possible year after year after year. I'm not sure where they go. I'm not sure if that, and that's the only thing that I'm a little bit confused about. They're rushing through all these so quickly that I I don't know if there is a plan or where they're going to go from here.
0: Yeah, they've they've gone through every color. I know that people will buy them. Well, I- right, but, but people would buy purple jerseys too. Like if they came back with the purple jersey, um, shout, out, shout out to my buddy Kendrick who loves the purple. He's probably the biggest fan of the purple I've ever known. His favorite song is Purple Rain. I mean, just everything. <laughs> like I, There's a lot of people who are really deep team purple. I just happened to be in high school uh, when purple was, or maybe even middle school, when purple came out. So it, it was just kind of that era for me. But, you know, the Bucks shouldn't have changed. But again, that was the 90s. But you made a really good And so I want to I counter that a little bit. The Miami Heat right now, actually have a perfect branding setup right because the thing is you can have two looks it's actually preferable in sports especially in the NBA where you know but look I understand they have to sell jerseys so the Miami Heat are a black and red team they've been a black and red team with Glenn Rice and Steve Smith and Alonzo Mourning and Tim Hardaway and you know Dwayne Wade and all these guys um when they had LeBron And which is great because they're the heat and their logo is basically a fireball and black and red and orange kind of, you know, seems like fire. Perfect, perfect synergy. Right. But then also we have an understanding of Miami and pink flamingos and Miami vice and all that kind of stuff. So they've created this other thing. The mistake that people make, in my opinion, and again, I know I'm pontificating on this, People say, well, then they should go full-time heat. No, they should not go full-time heat, uh, full-time vice rather. Vice is a special other thing. Vice is a special other thing. It's okay to have two identities. Like that's fine. It's like the Kings. The Kings were the Kings were a uh, kind of baby blue and, and, and red team, kind of looked like the Clippers a little bit, you know, in the Reggie Theist kind of era. Now, when everybody switched it up in the 90s, the Kings actually stayed with that purple and silver. That became their identity. Now their shadow identity is the old identity. That's fine. That's still two, right? And so I don't even hate the cream that much. They should probably bring it up. I mean, I hate that they are a cream team just because of the branding of Cream City. But if they got rid of all the colors and were like, hey, we're a green team and green and white and black, but our accent color is cream. But then also we throw back to the great red and green sets, like you mentioned in the Mecca game. I mean, like all those, all those great 80s sets, the Bucks have never worn in a throwback really ever. They keep wearing the 1971 set kind of over and over and over again but like because here's the other thing too like wouldn't you buy like a 1974 john mclaughlin jersey authentic if they had that if you you had any money like that, that that's that's something i'd like i mean that's kind of cool like wouldn't like marcus has gotten all this love over the last five years don't you think there should be a marcus johnson jersey um you know kind of a 1980 marcus johnson jersey that's available to buy i mean there should be but the bucks the bucks don't have two looks the bucks have like seven looks now. And it's, it's just a little bit too much. And so that's, that's kind of the danger of, of watering down your brand, right? It's watering down your brand. The, the, marketing people will come up with a million things, but I think, I think sometimes as Bucks fans, we get kind of tunnel vision with this kind of thing. And we think, well, you know, this makes sense because of this or that, or it's, oh, it's because it's of this good land or it's because of lakes and rivers. And I was thinking about this today. Like the Pittsburgh Steelers are literally named after the steel industry in that state, right? The Pittsburgh Steelers look like black and yellow. Now, you could argue that the Pittsburgh Steelers should have an all-silver set to honor the steel industry and, you know, hey, the Mandalorian is kind of big right now. Why don't we do like a Best Car kind of Mandalorian kind of silver suit? Well, that'd be dumb and we can see it because it's not our team, right? To be like, no, they should stay in that same brand. And even if they throw back to like they have like kind of a Bumblebee set that people don't like, it's still black, yellow, and white because that's their brand. I just want the Bucks to pick a couple of colors and stick with it. And so I understand I'm kind of a old man yells at the cloud on this thing, but it just, I don't know why. Like, cause okay. Cause there's the thing too. And this is the last thing I'll say, I'm sorry. <laughs> the Bucks owners, Kane Pittman are Knicks fans and say what you want about the Knicks. Say what you want about Dolan. Say what you want about the incompetence of all these kind of things. The Knicks wear orange blue and white you know what the knicks look like even when the knicks were doing city jerseys they did one it was like a fireman firefighter kind of thing it was still the same colors they have a really strong brand sense and so it's not just like these great teams you know what the jets look like you know what the mets look like you know what most teams in sports look like and the bucks like there's still time to save this but i'd like to ask the listeners how you view the Cleveland Cavaliers now. If you've been watching basketball for more than two years, you know the incredible run that the Cavs had. The Cavs had this great run with LeBron. And there's so many kind of analogous kind of parallels between LeBron and Giannis, and we hope, you know, obviously the um, take my talents to South Beach thing is not one of the parallels. But how do you think about the Cavs brand? I'm talking a lot. How do you feel about the Cavs now as a brand?
1: Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know how many different jerseys they wore from that LeBron era through to now. Um, I, I guess that's what you're getting. at. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what their brand is or what their colors are or, or what they're trying to do. Yeah, I got no idea.
0: Yeah, and, and in the same time period. So let's say the, let's say the Spurs are now garbage for the next ten years. We still have a pretty good feeling of the Spurs brand, and the Spurs are not a sexy brand, but they were the same colors that they were with David Robinson and going back to George Gervin and all these kind of guys. And so the Spurs, we know what the Spurs look like, right? Whereas the Cavs, you know, they were wine and kind of a wine and and, and yellow team, but then also in the Mark Price, Larry Nance era, they were a blue and they look like the Knicks. And so there are all these colors. There are all these throwbacks. They had sleeves, not sleeves. And they really, now we're just like, okay, whatever. It's the Cavs. The Nuggets are like that a little bit too. You just, Need to pick a set of colors and stick with it. And I implore the Bucks, like I, Alexander Lazary, I know you're listening, man. Like, look, I, I, know, I know you've had a tough month, dude. I understand. Just please, the next time around, when the city edition jersey comes around, can you please just give us a throwback or a fauxback or something else? I know there was the thing that has to be only every fifth year or something like that. Give the fans what they want, like because a lot of the jerseys that people like. Th- that I thought was slop. People were like licking up the slop with the Mecca jersey and some of that other stuff. And look, it's all in the past, right? All the fear to deer, the huge aggressive, you know, Jagermeister head. All this, it's all in the past. Like let's let's turn a new chapter. Simple colors crisp design, quit recycling the same designs over and over and over again. Like if you have to get a new design firm, please do that. Give us a beautiful word mark that we can be proud of. Cause the thing is, Giannis isn't going to be with us forever. And even if he is, you want this time period to mean something. We're like trying too hard. We're trying too hard. It's like, we don't think we're good enough visually. And it drives me nuts.
1: Listen, man, this is why I got you on, because as I said, um, I need someone to tell me why this matters. Um, and you have certainly at least given us a, a bunch of reasons why it should. I, I, can't, I can't tell you, I can't promise you that I'm going to walk away from this conversation and think about this Jersey any more than I did pr- uh, previously. But I will tell you this, that I know a bunch of the listeners will because I read social media. I read what people have said about this Jersey. And uh, there is a lot of people that feel the same way, my friend. Uh,
0: so, <laughs> so now you have to promise to have me back on when there's like better news and i'm not just ranting like an idiot for for 20 minutes when do you think the next um, jersey will be revealed they must have a few <laughs> more jerseys this year right they must have I, well, I don't know how many games are we playing this year uh, 72 or something give or take probably 10 or 20 depending on what happens It'll be really interesting to see what happens if it ends up being sixty-five. If kind of this COVID thing, if if it's like all of a sudden, because it's not like the NFL where they can just kind of push stuff out, y- you know, I-, I would imagine the NBA will just start canceling games if you know. But again, that, I mean, that, that's why you have a fifteen-man roster, right? So if I mean, if three guys have COVID, maybe they can keep playing. But that it will be interesting to see if that actually. Your your guess is as good as mine with that, but yeah. It's- it's going to be super fascinating if players
1: um, have to have a, a two-week, two to three-week quarantine period, for instance. That doesn't really mesh up with an NBA schedule, so we'll <laughs> we'll wait and see what happens there. I do want to say now you pointed to it during the show. Um, for everyone that wants to go back and listen to your podcast, listening to other shows that you've had, uh, not just about uniforms, by the way, you had the great Frank Madden on your show a couple of weeks ago, which was a really fantastic listen for me, uh, someone who has jumped on. I guess, the social media Bucks fandom pretty late in the scene. It was a great chat to hear Frank talk about his background at length. You can get you at David Dunn 21 on Twitter and Teutonia World on YouTube. Is there anywhere else? Is there anywhere I've missed? No, that's great. Thank you. Well, we are going to be back tomorrow. Again, the Bucks aren't doing any media until Thursday, so we've still got a couple of days here until we'll be able to speak to the players and we'll find out more about what they're up to. But uh, we appreciate you listening. Like I said, send in your mailbag questions mm-hmm. and your feedback yeah. on the uniforms.
0: If, if, if you have a loved one that you care about, give them a call tonight. Uh, call them on Zoom and... Um, so go go ahead. Call your dad. Call your grandma. Tell them. Tell them that you love them.
1: It's a good way to finish it. It's um, absolutely a message that everyone should uh, should always remember uh, at these times. And uh, I say this at the end of every show these days because it's been uh, a long year for everyone. Hope everyone stays safe out there. Look after yourselves and your family. And we'll speak to you guys tomorrow.